Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Well, man, I'm honored. Thank you, Pastor, for another opportunity to get in here and bring the word and uh, just to spend some time with you guys. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. Um, great peace and joy. Um, as the word says, have those who love your law. You know, and so as we get together and get in the word, it's a beautiful thing because, again, great peace and joy is there as we get in and get into his word. So let's dive in. I have taken a cue from my brother last week. Uh, Pastor Hector did a stellar job bringing that word last week. Come on. Thank you for that. People of the presence. And I, I told him, dude, I'm going to take, take your graphic. And Matthew changed a couple words, and we're going to stay there for a little bit. And... Um, we're going to get into a word this morning called purpose in the presence. Purpose in the presence. So last week, as you guys know, Pastor Hector encouraged us to be people of the presence and keep God's presence central to our lives for a few different ways. He talked about generosity and the necessity to be in the mold and the image of our Father who is a generous God and being people of purpose and then also loving his word, being people of the book, people of the word. And so those second two uh, really just, man, I was lit up over there and just stirred up, and I was like, oh, well, you know what? I'm jumping on the same train as my brother. We're going to keep it going this week because that word was so powerful. So today we'll spend some time on being word-focused so we can live out our purpose in God's presence. And one of the scriptures Pastor Hector used last week was Jeremiah uh, chapter 31. Before we read that, let's, let's pray over this word. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to get into this word this morning. I'm declaring our eyes are focused, our ears are open. God, our, 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 our posture is leaning in so that we can hear what you have to say to us from your word today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, Jeremiah chapter 31, 31 and 34 says this, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the new covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No longer shall each one of them, each one teach his neighbor, and each one his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. What a wonderful, wonderful promise of the Lord that he's going to put that word in our hearts so that we'll keep it in that fashion, a word which is from our hearts, not just something external that I go after, but something that comes from within because he's done a work in me. Uh, many theologians would call it a work of regeneration of what 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, the new creation in Christ works. So how do we keep God's presence central to our lives practically? Bottom line, by living in obedience to his word, okay? Whatever he brings to you, whatever his word says, that's the simple way. But we're going to dig into that. We're going to take that apart and, and unpack that today. So let me start by saying this. Every time in biblical history when God's manifest presence showed up, it was according to and accompanied by his word. I'll say it again. Every time in biblical history when God's manifest presence showed up, it was according to and accompanied by his word. God never showed up to do a miracle, manifest his presence in a particular situation for people to say, wow, that was cool. 
Oh, amazing. Because you know what actually changes you is the word, not just the fact that you saw something, not just the fact that you were excited by something. That's why sometimes, you know, I had the opportunity to hear a friend of mine this weekend went to his conference at his church, and one of the things he said, the greatest position of, of trusting the Lord is not us standing and making this big declaration, but in the midst of walking through what you're walking through, saying, Lord, I trust you no matter what, because you're faithful and true, that your word is going to come through because you said so, because you said, not just because I feel it, but because you said. So here's some examples. When God creates Manny, he speaks his word to him about identity and purpose for mankind. That's Genesis 1, 26, 28. So God shows up and creates man, but there's a word that goes with it. Man, you're made in my image, and then here's what you're called to do. The dominion mandate gets dropped, okay? And then in conjunction with that, and all the men said amen, God creates woman. Woo, hey, hallelujah. Yeah. Oh, God. Yes, blessed. So he speaks purpose for their union, Genesis chapter 2. He speaks, again, he's speaking purpose. For this cause shall a man leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife. Again, if you wondered why all the gender confusion, all the sexuality confusion, is because what is the first thing that God starts to do is speak purpose to mankind, and he speaks it in the union that happens. I said this to uh, uh, somebody I was having a conversation, actually a couple of college students that we were having a Bible study last week. I said, whether or not you realize it, the reason why the sexuality question is such a big deal is because, again, it shoots back to how God first creates man and then says that man will continue to grow. And not only grow as far as a population, but grow in knowing him. Okay? And what he says, he'll leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And part of that dominion mandate is to be fruitful and to multiply. Okay? Be fruitful and to multiply. So we then have that. Not only we have it in the natural, but then as New Testament believers, we realize that it happens also in the spirit because we're called to multiply and then more and more and more in sons and daughters of God. Amen. Praise God. That's why you're here today. And if that's not you today, amen, we get to pray with you today and you get the opportunity to receive that amazing work. But the reason why it's a big issue, because guess what? Whether or not you pick some alternate route, everybody has a mom and a dad. Even if dad showed out and left, even if mom left, everybody has a mom and a dad. Go down to the molecules of the DNA and all that. I can't speak on all the science that well, okay? But everybody, no matter whether you see them presently, has a mother and a father. Again, God's order and design will never be stopped. His word never gets stopped. Again, the word. So in the midst of that, God's word shows up. I can't stay there too long, man. we got some other things to say. God shows up in the burning bush, and he speaks a word of direction for Moses' assignment, Exodus chapter 3. It wasn't just like, Wow! This bush is burning, not being actually consumed. It was so that God could say, here's what I need to say to you, Mo. That's what it was about. You see, you hear some testimonies from missionaries about the amazing uh, visions and, and, and dreams that people are having in the Muslim world today to be converted. Right. Let's get it corrected, right? Sometimes we get messed up in our theology here. It's not that somebody has a vision or a dream because they're super spiritual it might just be that's the only way God knows he's going to get his word through to him. Come on, Paul was headed straight down the wrong course. Jesus had to show up, knock that brother off his horse, blind him for three days. 
in order to get the word through to him that he needed to hear. The word, again, don't miss it. A sign and a wonder is great, but if not accompanied with an adherence and a receipt of God's word, then so what? we got to receive the word. Next, he institutes the Passover and the parts of the Red Sea. In that, God was speaking clear directions for his people. That's Exodus 12 and 14. It's throughout that whole book. But specifically right there, again, speaking for his people. Elijah and the prophets of Baal. Elijah was acting based on the reality that God's word calls us to worship him alone. 1 Kings 18, Exodus 20, 2 through 3 is where that is. Elijah would say, no, no, no. We are called only to worship the Lord. The Lord our God is one, and him only shall you worship. That's what that whole scenario was about. Not just because Elijah was like, yeah, what's up? Let me show out for a minute and let God drop fire down. So for what? Why? So that we can be reminded that he is true and his word that he brings to us is true and we need to receive it. And lastly, Jesus' miraculous entry into the world. He was fulfilling prophecy in God's word according to that word. Luke 1 and 2, John 1, Isaiah 52 to 53. Psalm 22, Psalm 69, all of those prophecies about Jesus. What was he doing? The word, the word, the word. And then here, let's, 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 put the, let's put the icing on top. It's also no coincidence that Jesus is the incarnate word of God. John 1, 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have beheld his glory. Glory as of the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus, that's good. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So, So here it is. Here's the principle. The joy of the new covenant is that we have the indwelling Spirit of God and the Word being written on our hearts. Okay? We have the new covenant in which we have the indwelling Spirit of God and the word being written on our hearts. Let me give you a little support for that. Just like we were talking about just now in John 1.14. When God knew he had to carry out his plan of redeeming the world, he literally, quite literally sent what? His word. Jesus is the second person of the Godhead. But again, it says that he is the word. So when we come to receive Jesus... In our lives, that's literally a part of this covenant that God said, the day is coming when I'm going to write the law on your heart. And then from within you, from a new creation, you're going to do this thing. It's not just going to be, here they are on the wall, and if you can match up and do those things, you'll make it. It'll be because you are mine, because I have done a covenant that you're not going to be able to break, that when you receive it by faith, by my word, you'll live out these things that I've called you to. You'll be who I've called you to be. So again, the joy we have in this new covenant is, again, God's spirit is in us, and then the word is being written on our hearts, and then we get to live that word out. So here's, I'm going to give you three. Y'all know I usually give three. Three, it kind of works pretty well, teaching most people. You go above three, people start to forget. Below, that's like, mm, I get a little more. Three is pretty good. Send me your hate mail if, if you don't like three, and, and it's fine. I'll, 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 not, I'll not read it. Um, <laughs> messing with you. So three things about the word. Number one, we have got to receive the word by faith. We've got to receive the word by faith. I'm going to give you some supporting scriptures along with our primary text of of Jeremiah 31. First one is James 1. You guys remember I went here a few weeks ago when we talked about receiving the word. Verse 19 through 21 says this. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to 
hear, listen. Slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce righteousness, the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness, all rampant wickedness, turn away from those things, and do what? Receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. If you look at that, listen, receive the what? Implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Again, it's a reference back to that covenant. The Lord was going to do a work in the heart, so it would not be this external thing that we're trying to keep. To man, can I, can I get there? Can I do this? Can I match up? Can I measure up? It's no, there's going to be an implanted word in your heart. And something about when something's planted and watered, where are the farmers at? Where are all the farmers at? It grows. It grows. That's right. And bears fruit. Because remember, if it's not bearing fruit, then for, for what purpose? That gets back to what we were just talking about. God doesn't just show up to show you, wow, wasn't that cool? It's in order that there's a production for his purpose. There's fruit that comes because we've received with meekness the implant. We've got to receive it. One of my favorite scriptures right here, Psalm 119.11 says this, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Again, our action Working with what God is doing. I've stored up your word in my heart. I'd challenge us today. How many of y'all are storing up the word in your heart? I got to ask myself the question. Are we storing up the word in our heart? Or are we storing up more streaming, more TV shows, more music, more hanging out, more watching football? I mean, I'm going to watch some football. Okay? Don't hate on me. I'm, that's where I'm going in just a little bit. <laughs> I mean, you want to know where I am, I'll be watching football. It is what it is, man. Probably I'll be toggling back between the golf tournament and that. Oh, no, they're playing in Japan, so it's going to be. I'll have to watch replays. But are you storing that up more than you're storing up the word in your heart? Because that's what the Lord's going to use in writing it on your heart. Is are you actually taking the action by faith to say, Lord, I need to receive more of this instead of more of that. Pastor has said it for years and years. He goes, are you more full of stupid vision or are you more full of the word? Because then we're sometimes we're like, oh, God, yeah, remember that covenant, Lord? You said you were going to put the word in my heart. Now, I know I've been over here streaming TV for the last 10 hours, watching football, going out to hang out with my friends, setting up the boat to go fish, playing golf and whatever else, hitting it at the gym. But, you know, that, there was, I think, on the front page of you version, there was that one verse. can't remember what it was. And now you want God to show up and do your homework? Come on now. Where are my teachers at? Wave at me, teachers. Hey, teachers. You know, I was going to do the homework, but, you know, something else. And it was so hard that I couldn't, I couldn't do the homework. The teacher's like, well, too bad. I mean, when I taught back in the day, it was like, okay, so you can either complete the work and get a 50%, which is what the late credit will be, for doing all of it. And so I had these kids who'd misunderstand me and thought I meant they had to do 50% of the work to get 50%. So then they get the paper back and have a 25%. And they're like, Mr. Chung, you want to? I was like, you did half, and I was giving you half for a full job because you turned it in late. Don't look at me. That was your bad. But that's sometimes how we are with the word. We're like, oh, yeah, you know, I had all this. God understands. I'm so. Okay, time out. 
We have the creator of all the universe, okay? Who made you knows everything. Yes, he understands, and he also gave you his Holy Spirit. And he also gave you his word. So there's not really an excuse. Man, we were over here the other day concerned about some of our friends in China because we hadn't heard from them. They got some challenges. Bro, you got freedom. You got to buy. I'm talking to Americans right now, American Christians right now, us, with the freedom. Man, you got it in your phone. I, I did this just today. I brought my big Bible. You know see it? I think it's, I think it's extra strength. Look at that. I don't carry this one around much. This is my ESV study Bible. I have it in, 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 in digital form, which is normally my, my preference. And um, don't get worried. Some of y'all who are Bible markers are like, oh, is Pastor Jamie even say there's not a lot of pen markings? There's none. You will not find any pen markings on my Bible. I try to keep them as pristine. I like them looking clean. And so I take my notes in other devices, just so you know. There's other papers and notes other places. So don't judge me, okay, just because you got your Bible marked up. You will not find marked up Bible. I just, I like them super. I like, oh, You know why I'm actually more concerned of doing what James 1 says and getting the word implanted in here than I am showing out for any of y'all, which is what we need to be about. There's too much we're trying to do the things on the exterior rather than say, have I really received the word? Have I really received it? You know, I was grieved this week. I was listening to a podcast, one of my uh, favorite Christian podcasters. She was doing a debate with a guy who's a pastor. And it was about the issue of abortion. And I was so grieved when I realized he was somebody who does not believe that the Bible is the infallible, inerrant word of God. And what I said to myself was, bruh, how much more could you be doing on Sunday morning if you don't believe the Bible is the word of God? Dude, (laughs) it's football day. And there's a lot of tea times at the golf course. I mean, if if I'm him and I don't believe the Bible is the true word... I'm frying up the bacon, and then I'm going to hit the golf course, play a bit, and then I'm going to come home and watch NFL, man, until I fall asleep. Why come here if I don't believe the Bible's the true word? Because what am I offering then? Just good things. A good experience that maybe people will feel like, ah, I'm going to make myself a better person. But that's not what it's about. The word has to come into our lives because that's the only thing that's going to change you or change your circumstance. Not a good word that, that I kind of came up with. Pastor George came up with. Franco said, hey, hey, you know what? I thought about it, and I think these things would be pretty good. No. One of the things that I love we, we get to do when Franco and I work with the sports teams is, uh, what, what, what do you call it, Franco? Franco calls it, we come in the door with Christianity light. <laughs> you come in with Christianity light. You give them the basics. You give them a scripture that connects to a principle that will apply to them. And what I say for, for, for the baseball team I work with in your, in, in, your, in, your, in your life as a whole, in your life as a student, and in your life as a player. Okay? So this is how I want these things to apply for you. So we come in the door and share that. But what we want to do, the other thing I love that Franco says is we want to connect you to the prince of the principles. We give you the principles, but we want to connect you to the prince of the principles because otherwise we know this is not going to last for you. There's not going to be any value to it. We want eternal value because we've received the true and right word of God. Amen. All right, second one. We want to, now that we receive it, we want to remember, remember, because we get forgetful as people. We want to remember the word of God. So we want to have this thing of, of keeping the presence of God central to our lives by doing what? By keeping his word as the standard for our lives. Okay? So we want to keep that. Once we have received it, we want to keep it. You know something? That, that you'll see sometimes you parents, you give your kid a great gift, and um, 
No, I ain't going to say that. You'll give your kid a great gift. (laughs) And they don't appreciate the great gift. And you're like, that was in such good condition when I gave it to you. And now it looks like a hot mess of trash. (laughs) Do Do you concern yourself with actually treasuring and keeping what I've given you? Okay? I spent money with you, hopefully with you, on that vehicle you have. And it's a hot mess. Can you clean? There are vacuums, bro. Sponges. Clean. You want to clean a little bit? Just a little bit? Or drive through, make a little money, and then drive through and get it clean. Why? Because they're going to maintain and keep. How much more the Word of God? How much more what He has said for our lives? I like to say sometimes, man, the things that are regular in your life, bro, cut the grass, clean the windows, vacuum, wash the dishes. Wash the dishes. I'm talking to my kids and myself. Wash the dishes. Because it, it, it's our stuff. How much more, though, the word of God that I need to keep? John 8, 31, 32 says this way. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples and you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. How do you know the truth and set you free? Because you saw something and, wow, that inspired me. No. Because you get the truth. And how do you get the truth? Because you abide in his word. You're continuing in the word that you receive by faith. So, therefore, you can be free because the word has come alive. It's become true and real in your life. Look at this. Abide. Let's go back to the Greek here. Abide in Greek is meno. And here's all the definitions. To remain to be held, kept continually, to continue, to last, to endure, to remain as one. This last one here is where I want to stay for a minute. To remain as one, not to become another or different. I'm going to say that again. Not to become another or different. Too many of us become another. We become different than what the standard of the word is. We're too busy trying to adjust ourselves a little bit, and I'll talk more about that later, rather than say, God, I need to conform to what you have said. Okay? Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed. By what? The renewal of your mind. Why? So you can prove what is the good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God. Because I've allowed myself to be conformed because I've said, Lord, I need to look to you. I need your presence in my life, and I need to hear what your word has to say. Because you're not just throwing up to, to stroke my beard. Oh, I don't really have one. I can't grow one. Man, all you guys who can grow beards, man, I tried it last summer. Looking straight up weird. Not good. Hey, is your face dirty? Did you wash your face? Trying to grow a beard, can't do it. <laughs> so God bless you brothers who could grow that beard. He doesn't come just to stroke your back and say, hey, you know, feel good. He comes to bring his word. Part of that will be, I love you. You're my child. I have great things for you. You can turn from that way of living and turn to this way of living. There is great purpose for you and destiny. His word brings it to you. So I'm going to go back a little bit what Pastor Hector talked about 
last week. So one of the great challenges we're, we face is to keep ourselves oriented and focused on God's presence. I want to put up the image he had last week of the tabernacle. And um, when you look at that, you guys see in the very center there, okay? That's where the, 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 the holy place, the holy of holies, okay, the representation of God's presence here. And you can see all the tribes situated around, all the 12 tribes situated. And one of the things Pastor, said, Pastor Hector said, I'm going to reiterate, is that the positioning of the tribes around needed to orient themselves toward the center where the presence of God was represented. The orientation needed to be very specific to face where God's presence would be. We need that reminder on a continual basis. That was a prophetic picture for what would be all of our lives right now. We now don't have to situate ourselves in a camp and wait, oh, the building. Not even this building here. Although you should come if you're joined here. If God has set you here, you ought to come. If you're, on, you see, if you're online, you ought to come. If you ain't been in a while, we're here. We're here, y'all. Come on out. Welcome. Anytime, man. I'll buy you a coffee if you ain't been in a while. Yeah, I'll buy you a coffee. Everybody's going to come next week. Hey, you said if I came back to church, I'll buy you. <laughs> I know. So, so, so the, the, the visual of I need to keep myself oriented to what? Where the presence of God is because it's about him. And what does he do when he shows up? He brings to you his word. He speaks to you. Speaks purpose. There's some of you who need to hear things. There's some of you who had broken relationships with fathers and you had a bad representation. And so you got an issue with this father thing. You need to be healed. I believe today we've got prayer warriors here who will pray with you. Some of you guys need to have father wounds healed so you can realize that God is a good, good father. Okay, Chris saying, you're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. Yes. Realize that. And what does he do when he shows up? He brings you the word to direct your life. So as believers in the new covenant, we're not turning our focus in order to become God's people. We're turning because we are. I'm going to say it again. We're not turning because we're trying to get something and earn a spot. It's because we are. You know, one of the greatest things that you can do as a believer is realize these are things that I'm called to. Even if they're struggling a challenge, you're like, oh, that's what I was supposed to be living out? I need to get in alignment with that. I read this book a couple years ago called Holy Sexuality in the Gospel. And it's by a, a man named Christopher Ewan. And this speaks a lot of what his story was like. He lived a hellacious, sinful life, uh, then jumped into the homosexual lifestyle and lived that for years and was just angry at God. Meanwhile, he had loving parents who loved the Lord, raised him in, in church, and he just turned his his, his fist against God for years. And one of the things that I saw through that book, I realized that he, re, he said, you know what? When I come to Jesus, when I come to him and I become his child, this is the order of my life. It wasn't about this is what I want to do in my natural man. It was about this is what my life's trajectory is in him according to his word. And so it wasn't about, oh my gosh, you know, God's going to readjust himself for me because I feel a certain way. It's I'm going to readjust because 
That's who I'm supposed to be because that's my identity in Christ. There's a lot of us today dancing around with things and messing with things that we don't need to because we are not certain who we are. Why? Because we need the word to come to us and remind us who we are in Christ. And when we're reminded of who we are in Christ, then there's not, oh, I got I to gotta struggle with this or that. It's already decided. I was listening to, uh, 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 you guys will hear me, I listen to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> Let's do another podcast this week. And this is one where it's, it's kind of fun. These guys talk, they talk Bible, they talk football, everything, manhood. And, and one of the guys said, you know, when I was a young guy first playing football, my dad said, son, the way you're going to get up early for practice and workouts is you're going to decide the day before. He goes, then when the alarm rings, there's no decision to be made. It's been made. And I was like, bruh, that is gold, especially for men. I make the decision way ahead because I'm aligning my life with God's word. Okay, let's take it back here. So that then when the situation comes up, the decision's already been made. Some of you who are married need to make the decision, I will remain with this spouse. What Pastor George and Suzanne did and took that dictionary and cut out divorce they made a decision. They weren't mad at you. weren't mad at each other that day, were you? Y'all were good that day, right? That was, you'd made it before you got married. Oh, see, look at it. Before they even got married, and he couldn't have been mad. I mean, Pastor Suzanne showed up looking all cute with the brown hair. Hey, they weren't mad. They made the decision beforehand. So they guess what happens? Like that song, rain came, wind blew. But my house was built on you. I'm going to make it through. Because I'm standing strong on you. You know what I'm saying? Not because like, oh, I had a good feeling. Georgina, my queen, come here. Didn't plan this. Come here, baby. Come here. She's like, oh, Lord. It's partially because she's working this dress today, looking so lovely. Listen. Now. Am I always easy to live with? No. That's it. That's all, I, that's all I needed. No, you're perfect, my no, queen. No. Let's come back. <laughs> I just wanted the direct answer. The direct answer. Thanks, buddy. But, but we made a decision on May 23rd. Well, we made it before that, but we like publicly covenanted. May 23rd, 1999. We did. We partied like it's 1999, like the song said. We made a decision which determined... When rains came, winds blew and beat on that house, that we were going to stand because we were obeying what God's word said. The word, the word, the word. So the decision was already made. So I don't have to go dance and say, oh, maybe, I don't know. Okay? Again, to reference my friend, I was at his conference Friday night. He talked about being joined and set and planted. He says, there's a lot of wonderful churches out there. He said, a lot of places where you can drink water. He said, but there's water that you're not supposed to be drinking from over here. You're supposed to be drinking this water over here. This is where God has you. But because you're so caught up in what you would like and what you'd want to see or how you feel in the moment, and you haven't made a decision from beforehand, then now you're confused about, oh, gosh. Do they love me? 
that church over there has, I don't care what that church over there has if that's not where you're supposed to be. I've said it many times, I don't, I'm not stupid enough to go home to my, you know, Gina, you know what so-and-so's wife does? <laughs> it's going to be a cold, cold month. How do I look or sound? I mean, Clint, Clint never does that because Clint's like perfect. Clint's like Jesus, okay? <laughs> Wendy, Wendy's nodding. Hey, honey, because she does it. Boy, you better get into the Word because actually what the Word says, husbands, is that you're supposed to wash your wife with the water of the Word. Hello? Word. The Word comes back again. What does Hebrews 12 say? Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that's set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of God. Here's the principle. In all things, look to Jesus, who is the word of God. I'm going to help you today. Some of you guys are too caught in the feeling of Jesus. That you're like, oh, what's looking to Jesus? Oh, it's because during worship I cried and he made me feel a certain. No, 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 no. He might. Thank God for emotions, right? I cry. Y'all see me sometimes up here when I step back. It's not always because I'm stepping back to just sometimes I'm crying. <laughs> sure, I'm up there. So thank God for those. But in reality, what is it? When we look to him with the fullness of it, what we're looking to is the word of God. Why? Because we're in him. Not because I'm trying to, how many things can I do and then God will love me? He already does. As many as received him, John 1, he gave the right to become children of God, born of the spirit. Therefore, because you are born of the Spirit, child of God, you get to then receive the implanted word in your heart, which then you can live out, which glorifies God. And guess what? It's for your good. So it's not going to be something that you're simply doing to say, you know, if I could do this and get good enough one day, I'm like, that's my thing for people who are like, one day I'll maybe come after I get, no, today is a good day, like, but I'm so messed up. Good. <laughs> good. Because in your weakness, he's made strong. If you are a hot mess, that is the perfect time to come. Because you realize your hot messness. I just made that word out. Your hot messness is quite clear. So get it to the cross because that's the only place you're going to be able to deal with it. That's a Come on, man. Write it down. Write it down. Make a t-shirt. Don't. Waste any more time thinking you have solutions. That's part of our problem right now in our country with a whole myriad of issues. We think we can get solutions if we have one more book, one more seminar, one more speaker, one more vote. When the answer is in Christ Jesus. Number one is Lord and Savior, but then he continues and brings his word which supplies everything that we have need of. There is nothing that his word doesn't give you. And guess what? We are a house that believes in the voice of, the, of God and the, and the gifts of the Spirit. But guess what? They'll never contradict the Word. It's a great place of safety. Oh, I don't know. Go back to the Word with it. You're never going to contradict the Word. It's wonderful. It's so comforting as a leader. Hey, man, I think the Lord said so. Well, let's go back here. <laughs> I'm going to. Yep. Yeah, you didn't hear that. 
But you weren't in the place. I, I don't need to be in the place of prayer because with you at least because I already know what it says here. The truth is here. No, God didn't call you to do this. Well, you know, I think God called me to cuss all y'all, go over here and isolate myself. Well, my Bible says not, for, not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is the manner of some. But to meet all the more as you see the day approaching. My Bible also says that a man who rages against all wise judgment or, or isolates himself rages against all wise judgment. Which is actually what your Bible says too. <laughs> Go figure. We can check what we think we heard against the word. I didn't mean to rhyme that, but that was pretty good. Check what you think you heard against the word. Every single time. He's faithful to it. In all things, look to Jesus, who is the word of God. And then the last thing, let's respond to the word of God. Let's respond to the word of God. And what does that mean, man? Actually do it. James 1.22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Deceiving yourselves. Remember, we talked a lot about that a few weeks ago. When I don't do the word, I'm not deceiving other people only. I'm first deceiving myself. And then, that's when Jesus said, the hypocrite shows up, which is you trying to put on another face for other people. Now I've got this duplicitous lifestyle that I'm trying to live and I'm trying to put on some show for people, but actually this is who I am. Everybody thinks I'm this, but behind closed doors, I'm this. Everybody, oh, you're just such a loving leader and a pastor and a father. But then I'm at home showing out. Don't know how to love my wife and kids. That's why many a person has been driven away from the gospel. Fake duplicitous living in their house. Parents go how to show up, put the suit on on Sunday, but then go home and Jesus who? And kids hate it. Absolutely. And you know what? They're in good company because Jesus hates it. Why? Because it's not according to a faithfulness to what does he do? Bringing his word into our lives. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. One more principle for you here before we sum it up. Let's be quick to adjust to God's word because he's the source of truth rather than excuse ourselves because he's the source of mercy. I'm going to say it again. Let, let's be quick to adjust to God's word because he is the source of truth rather than excuse ourselves because he's the source of mercy. You know, I reference Matthew chapter 7, which has been one of the most abused passages of Scripture by people, believers and unbelievers alike, because they want to stop at verse 1. Judge not. It's over. No, it's not. If you're going to be a good student of this word, please put things in context. Please, please, please. Judge not that you not be judged, because with the judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Don't look at the speck in your brother's eye and say anything when you've got a plank in your eye. And then some people think they need to stop there. No. It says, take the plank out of your eye, then you'll be able to see clearly to help your brother remove the speck from their eye. You see, so I actually need myself to get under the word and hear and receive and live it out. And then I can go over to my brother and say, hey, man, this is going on, I know, but here's an answer. Not from me, but from God. 
Your friends need a word from God. They don't need a word from you. I know, I know it's tough. You know, some of y'all feel like you, they really trust me and I got some good things to say. Listen, if it's not anchored in this word, you don't have much of anything good to say. But I can say it for myself. I, I, I am saying that for me. I'm not saying you, us, we. Don't have much good to say if it's not anchored here. So we've got to realize that and remember that and say, man, if there's an adjustment that needs to be made, I've got to adjust to align myself with what do you say, Lord? And I think there's some of you today who have areas in your life where you've done what I talked about a few weeks ago. You've taken a mirror and you, you decide you're going to grab a little mirror that you could crop a little bit rather than take the full mirror of the Word of God and look at your whole life and say, God, what do you say? But you said, oh, get the good side. Hide some stuff. Because we want to take the parts that we want. I remember it well myself, handfuls of areas in my life where God has said this. Oh, and then I brought everything else. I said, well, well, we're over here reading, God. We're fasting. We're praying. Been in church. I was serving on the team, man. Spoke the gospel to this person. He's like, whoa, 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 son. I said, why are you all over there? I just said this. I just said that. It's one of the challenges that athletes have. Okay? All my athletes know what I'm talking about here. You like to work on the things you're good at. You don't want to work on the stuff you're not good at. Right? It's fun. I'm having success. Musicians, same thing. Naj knows when you're growing as a musician, you like to play. Ah, know that already. But then you get to the thing you're not that good at, you don't want to mess with that. It is the very same thing of allowing the Word of God to come into every area of your life and specifically the areas that He wants to speak to by His Holy Spirit. And when you reject that, you're rejecting the full work of what the Lord wants to do in your life. Because God be like, I knew you were going to do all that. I'm talking to you about this. Hey, can I be candid for a minute? I could have went all day long and said, Lord, I don't go to those parties and get drunk. I'm not disrespecting my teachers. I get my work done. And Lord's like, yeah, but you need to get your eyes right because you've been lusting after these women. Hello? True stories out of my life. Are you going to get that right? Because you might offer all this other stuff to me, but I'm trying to shine it in on there. That's what I need to do some work right there. You got a mess right there, bro. I, I got it for you, but do you want to receive it? And I think there's some of you today have areas, maybe one or two, maybe, maybe one. Maybe you're perfect, I don't know. Cool, man. Fist bumps if that's you. But there's areas, and if we will then submit to them and say, man, God, by your word, I need this to be changed in my life. I'm tired. I'm tired of trying to do this myself. This area of my life needs your word to come because the essence of your presence coming into my life and the fullness of it coming into my life is being held up because of that area where I haven't come into alignment with your word. So I want to encourage you this morning as we receive the word, as we remember the word, as we respond to the word, that we have got to realize the power when we simply say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. 
I know I want to hold on to it. I don't want to do that. It's, it's difficult to, 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 to let you into this area of my life, but yes, Lord. There was one more thing I'll share from my friend who I heard speaking last week. He said, you know, people put walls up and they think when they put walls up, they're keeping people out. He said, actually, what you're doing is keeping pain in. I was like, oh, strong. You're putting those walls up. You think you're keeping people out for safety's sake, but you're actually doing nothing but keeping all the pain, all the issues, the sin, you're keeping it all in. When the Lord's saying, we got to break those down, and you need to fully submit to what I have for you, fully receive what I have for you this morning. Come on and stand with me. Again, I believe there's some of you who need to do that this morning. And as we invite the prayer team to come on down front, I want you, if that's you this morning, to come and just say, man, you don't even have to share your whole business, your whole story. But just say, there's some things in my life that I need to bring in alignment with God's word. There are things that I've kept for me. There are things that I've said, ah, you know, I guess God understands or I don't really feel like it, whatever. I want to encourage you today, whatever that is. And for some of you, that might be some direction for future. Things that God's calling you to step out in and you're feeling like, oh, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. But God's saying, no, I'm calling you here. You need to step out into this. By faith, by my word, step out in this area. And so I want to encourage you this morning, if that's you, to come in just a minute. But before that, I want you guys to bow your heads. I want to look out for anybody this morning who now finds yourself saying, man, you know what? I am not in this kingdom of God. I am not a son or daughter of God because I haven't yet received the saving work of Jesus Christ in my life. And if that's you this morning, we want to pray with you. So if you want to receive that sonship, that daughterhood that we get provided richly by his grace to save you and set you on a new course, just throw a hand up. We want to pray with you. If that's you in the room this morning, if you're online, same thing. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pra- believe everybody in here has received. And if you haven't and you maybe were scared, nervous, whatever, you can still pray this prayer right now. And then you can come up and share with somebody, speak that to somebody else and declare, I belong to Jesus. He has saved my life. But if you're online today and that's you, let's go ahead and pray this prayer. Say, Father God, we thank you for the saving work of Jesus. Lord Jesus, Thank you for saving my life, forgiving my sin, and setting me on a course of walking in your presence as I walk in your word. You're my Lord, you're my Savior, and I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if that's you, Again, like I said, if that's you, maybe you didn't raise your hand, maybe you're online, if that's you, we want to give you the opportunity. We have a, 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 an opportunity for you to reach out to us at nextstep at therockonline.org. The reason why we do that is so that we can get you connected to be able to be discipled, to be taught, to be trained in what you've actually received. Because again, we're not called to walk this walk alone. We're called not to be isolated, but to be in congregation, in communion, one with another for God's purpose. So if that's you, again, reach out to us 
Now, like I was saying before, this prayer team's down here. If you're somebody who needs to come up and receive prayer on what I just talked about or for anything else, don't feel limited. You just need somebody to stand with you in faith. These are faithful people. I got to meet with them before service. This is a group that we're blessed to have of seasoned believers who love the Lord, who are faithful. You can lock arms with them and pray in faith over whatever your situation is. So we encourage you, come this morning as the worship team comes and we continue to lift his name up. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.